Hi guys, um, just a bit of a disclaimer tonight for the episode. The audio is not as great um, as I had to leave just as we we're recording the pod, so I had to do the audio from my phone. So I hope you still enjoy it, and uh, thanks again for listening. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the FPL Images of Oz podcast. Tonight, joining me is my co-host Damo. How are you, mate? Yeah, not too bad. It's uh, finally nice to uh, do a uh, duo pod <laughs> rather than a uh, trio like we've been doing the last couple of weeks. Uh, how happy are you, man? Yeah, not too bad, mate. Not too bad at all. Um, should say I'm pretty happy after the weekend's games, um, especially um, going with the crowd and captaining Mo Salah. It could have uh, definitely went a different direction uh, when I was planning on captaining Jimenez. So <laughs> lucky to it. <laughs> The plonker, he messaged me, I think it was about 3.30 in the morning. Um, I sort of woke up to go to the toilet and saw that Jimenez could be facing an injury problem. So I quickly jumped back across the cellar. So I was very lucky and very thankful to the plonker for messaging me. So on top of that, I finished on 100 points, um, which ended up being 96 because I took a minus four hit to bring in Chilwell. So most of my plays did pretty good actually all around, except for Ken Seller. He pretty much blanked for me, but everyone else seemed to uh, do their bit. I think Chilwell ended up on 12 points or 11 points, so wasn't too bad at all, mate. And uh, my rank went from 110k back down to 78, so massive green arrow. How about you, mate? Uh, not as not as uh, good as you. I ended up on 71 points, uh, total points of 588. Uh, my captain was Antonio, so he returned, uh, so obviously not as well as Salah to um, keep rank. I took a uh, bit of a hit in terms of um, going down in ranks, so I'm um, just on 450K now, so I went down 200K by uh, basically not captaining Salah. But uh, obviously these things happen. You sort of uh, – I – I thought uh, Antonio would score against Tottenham, which he did. But uh, unfortunately for me, uh, Salah rang absolute rough shot over uh, your boys, which <laughs> which um, uh, secretly maybe uh, you were celebrating every single one of his goals. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, no, but uh, as I said, uh, like obviously had Salah in my team, but... Um, when you score 24 points, um, you know, you double that, you, you're going to – and you don't cap – if you don't cap it in, you're going to lose rank. Yeah. Yeah, no, I sort of – I got up to watch the game because I had to go to work the next morning and um, within about 35, 40 minutes I went back to bed. So <laughs> it wasn't too painful for me. I stopped watching, but um, watching the highlights was definitely pretty painful. And for everyone that wants Ole to get out and thinks that it's going to be – better um just need to watch how Maguire was defending and that'll give you an answer on what needs to change so um getting into the FPL Twitter template team um this week we had Trent Alexander-Arnold, Cancelo, Rudiger, Azpilicuenta, Captain Salah, Saka, Rafinha, Vardy, Antonio and Jimenez so we also had Sanchez in goal so it took a a, a small red arrow. We end up on, uh, what was it, uh, 93 points. So, yeah, took a small red arrow, um, went from 19.4K to 20.9K. So not too terrible, but 
definitely does show how important it was captaining Salah and then having the right sort of pick of differentials as well, which helped sort of other managers go further up the ranks. Um, going on to the FPL Amateurs of Oz League, first place, you believe it or not, it's the Kong FPL Planner on 600 points. Um, Kappa's FC second on 656, which is only two points off the Kong. So who knows this week he could be finally losing that first place spot. And then in third place, we had Isaac FC on 653. So I'm sitting on about seventh uh, on 626 points and you're sitting 23rd on 588. So we definitely need to keep um, plugging along and hopefully if we can knock off the Kong, but at the moment he looks unbeatable. Um, top yeah, score, for, like yeah. Uh, top score for the week was Aman's team and Kappa's FC tied on 110 points. So that's an absolutely massive score, and I do know Aman had Mount, so he was pretty happy. Mm, yeah, reminds me of my uh, my first week, which seems like a, a an eternity ago now. I think I, I, I in week one I ended up on 110 points. <laughs> So, but it's uh, far and far between since then. No, it's just one of those things. It's a lot of people got in habits thinking that um, with the easy fixture that he was going to haul and it pretty much was just the mount show, pretty much just he was mm. had his hand in everything. So, yeah, it's one of those things, it, it sometimes it comes off, sometimes it doesn't. But it, when it does come off and everything else lines up, you're due for a massive score. I might get into the uh, week nine games. Uh, first up, we had Aston Villa and Arsenal. Um, this is a painful watch for me as I, I messaged you and said that I didn't want to take the uh, minus eight hit, so I um, waited till lockout finished to get in Yang and he returned, <laughs> which was, I guess, good for confidence for me for this week, but definitely didn't help my team last week. Um, I thought he played really good. He had five shots, uh, got the one goal, created three chances and had two key passes, so on average, he's pretty much that's the sort of performance he's been putting up probably the last six weeks. So I really think going forward, he's going to be a good shout. And then also, I did the Smith Rowe versus Saka. Everyone's pretty much jumping on Smith Rowe mainly because of his price, but also because of his stats. But doing a bit of a deep dive down after the game, I was having a look, and this stats are pretty similar. So Saka missed oh, an absolute, no, should have had a goal. Um, he crossed it to Aubameyang, who decided to get fancy and do the bicycle kick. So if he just had a header, it probably would have went in. So there would have been a goal in the system. We would have been talking about Saka this week. So if anyone was wanting to get off Saka for Smith Rowe, maybe I'd probably just hold another week and just see because I, I really think that the tables could turn this week and it could be Saka that's getting getting the points return and Smith Rowe could just be like Saka and just getting the basic two points. So, But apart from that, I'd... Didn't really have any interest in Aston Villa. I'm still keeping my eyes on Watkins, but he didn't really show too much this week. So it's probably more of a wait and watch for me. Anything else you like to add, mate? Uh, well, for, for me, I'm not really looking at any plays for either team, but I wanted to say um, in terms of the sort of Smith-Rowe versus Saka, Saka debate, I would say whatever play that you have, just hold. Um, it basically, you don't want to sort of to and fro 
for two players from the same team because inevitably what will end up happening is, let's just say you had Saka, you're like, oh, uh, Smith Rowe, you know, he hauled, I'm going to go get go get him. And then inevitably Saka ends up hauling the next game or the game after. So I'd just say just hold if you've got them. Uh, the only one I'm really looking at in terms of both of these sides from probably from Villa, and this is one for the future, not so much now, is Bailey at 6.4. Uh, yep. Before he got injured... Uh, he was showing some real promise, uh, and uh, I just need to see a little bit from him. Their fixtures coming up, uh, at least for the next four, uh, aren't too bad. Uh, obviously, you know Villa going to lose to West Ham this week, but then after that, uh, <laughs> they've got <laughs> they've got Southampton, Brighton, and Crystal Palace before Man City. But uh, yeah, I, I, Bailey's definitely one for the future. Uh, but um, but yeah, I can't can't see myself getting any players from um, either sides at the moment. Yeah, I mean, what can I, what can owners might uh, get a return this week because uh, West Ham's defence isn't great. So. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, next up we got Chelsea and Norwich. Um, I'd, I decided to go to bed early so I could get up for the midnight games because I knew that it was probably just going to be a Chelsea demolition, So, which it turned out to be pretty much a demolition. So. Um, Mason Mount, he last year he showed flashes of someone that is a is superhuman as a freak, and um yeah he definitely turned up this week. He had five shots, four chances, three key passes, three goals, one assist, and he missed a pen. So I had yeah it was a pretty outstanding game for him, and I guess the people that were tossing up between Havertz and Mount would have been pretty filthy when they went of Havertz, but. I mean, I thought Havertz was a good shout as well. So people that do have him, I definitely wouldn't be getting him out. And um, Kilwell, it looks like he's definitely nailed down that spot against Alonso. And for me, he's a pretty much a discount Trent Alexander-Arnold. So I think if you are tossing up between Chelsea assets, I'd definitely be getting Chilwell in over the likes of Rudiger and Aspie. Um, no one from... Norwich that I liked, not even Kenny McLean. What about you, mate? Anything like that? <laughs> yeah, so basically, like, uh, obviously, I sort of watched bits and pieces of this game, but um, didn't watch the whole game. But uh, the next morning, I sort of saw a scoreline 7-0. You would have thought, you know, I was like, oh, right, how many how many did Habits score? But, um, you know, he got uh, pulled, thinking about the 60 or 7th minute mark or so. So a bit of a shame, obviously, for... Um, any sort of habits, uh, captainers and things like that. But in terms of the game itself, um, yeah, so, like, the, for me, the the standouts have got to be sort of Chilwell, uh, Rudiger um, and Mount, obviously. But those are probably the main three I'd look at in terms of Chelsea assets. See, Chelsea for the next five, um, I can't see them losing any of those next fives. You know, they've got Newcastle, Burnley, Leicester, Man United and uh, what, um, Watford. So I, I honestly cannot see Chelsea um, losing any games for the foreseeable future the way that they're playing. Uh, and that's with or without strikers in terms of uh, Lukaku and, and Rudiger. But um, obviously you keep uh, Havertz until one of them potentially comes back because that's where I think Havertz does get rotated. But, uh, but, yeah, as I said at the moment, it's probably Chilwell uh, as your main Chelsea player. Uh, and then uh, I've got, I've got uh, Rudiger. And um, if you can afford him, Mount at 7.5 is a 
pretty much a bargain. Uh, in terms of Norwich, no one. <laughs> like they've got good fixtures, but I can't see them winning a game. So that's the that's pretty much the end of that one. That's no, a good summary. And and just to touch on um the Man United fixture for Chelsea, a lot of people on Twitter today have pretty much saying that Man United are almost like Norwich. So they're looking forward <laughs> to getting assets against Man United, which, I mean, you can't argue with what happened on the weekend against Liverpool. But to, I guess, be a bit more realistic, I definitely would not be targeting Man United as an easy fixture because surely they can't play that bad again. But you never know. But, yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't be targeting them like a Norwich and being like, oh, look, Spurs have got them. Let's get in every asset possible. So... I mean, that's that's not my Man United hat on. That's just my FPL hat on. I just think you'll be very disappointed if, you know, United show up and it ends up like a one-all draw or they lose 1-0 or something. So Well, well, you did hear the news, didn't you? Uh, what was that? Salah's requested uh, a transfer to Spurs so you can play Man United again. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, mate. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Maguire and Shaw would be able to deal with it that well for two weeks in a row, mate. <laughs> Maybe actually, maybe they'd play better because they'd actually realise who Salah was because they played like they'd never heard of him. So yeah, yeah, no, it's all all all, all tongue in cheek, mate. <laughs> oh, mate, it's uh, it's gone to the point now where it, it it's just a laugh. It's just easy to laugh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, next up, we got Palace and Newcastle. Um, I actually watched this game live just because I was hopefully going to see a masterclass from Gallagher. Um, he played really good, but just. From a fantasy point of view, you didn't obviously get your return, but he still looked hungry, still was winning balls, trying to create attack, but just obviously being off free kicks and not being on like penalties and stuff, it's, it might hinder his value, but I could see him getting a return. It's just a matter of um, when, not if. So if you do have Gallagher, I'd probably hold him for – at least probably the next two to three fixtures just to, I guess, get a bigger sample size. And then I also was looking at um, Elise in the midfield as well. He started. So I'm not sure whether going forward, whether he'll start every week, obviously, because Zaha had an injury cloud um, heading into the game. But if he does manage to snag a, a role on that um, starter, uh, starting lineup, I'd definitely be looking at him at 5.4. He... um. He's already returned two goals in his two appearances this year, so definitely worth looking at. And then in regards to Newcastle, I don't like much, but Wilson has just proven that he's an absolute poacher. Two games, two goals. He's He doesn't seem to get a lot of shots off, but when he does get a shot off, it's almost going in the net. So I could see a lot of people maybe trying to get him in as that third striker or even second striker to, to pair with a premium or something like that. But apart from that, I don't really have anything else to add. What about you, Damo? Yeah, I think you summed it up pretty well. I'm uh, Obviously, I've got Gallagher and uh, St. Max, but uh, I'll probably be moving it, both of them on in the next probably three to four weeks, probably St. Max first. But um, I definitely won't be jumping on anyone from, from either side at the moment. Yeah, no, nah, it's a fair shout. I mean, Palace do have some, some all right fixtures coming up, especially the Villa Leeds games and Burnley. So mm, I would be looking at them for that. But, yeah. Obviously with Man, oh, sorry, Man um, City this week, it'll be tough for them. Uh, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, the, ne- uh, the next four after that uh, read well on paper. But, um Definitely wouldn't be going out of my way to grab um, uh, Palace assets at the moment. 
no, nah, there's there's a few other options around. But if you do have my, I just suggest you cop your medicine this week, take your two points from Gallagher, and or even hopefully that he snags something. But yeah, worst yeah. case scenario, cop your two points, and then um yeah, head on to the better fixtures. Um, next up we got Everton and Watford. I was actually surprised on how this game turned out. I sort of was thinking that um I could be behind the eight ball a bit with everyone that had Damari Gray and he could absolutely go on a tear against Watford, but it was a complete opposite. They sort of it was a bit of a cagey match, but then it Watford just sprung to life and um Josh King, he was he just looked superhuman. Um I'm not sure whether that's um, because Everton's defence was horrible or whether he's just, you know, back to his old days when he was at Bournemouth, but he was on fire. And um, I don't know whether I would bring him in personally, but I could see a lot of people after seeing the match on the weekend and how he pretty much every time he touched the ball in that six-yard box, it was going in the net. So I could see a lot of people, I guess, gravitating towards him. But for me, I probably wouldn't be looking at him, at least not till their fixtures get a bit better. And um, in terms of Gray, I think it's worth holding this week. I think they have – who do they have this week? Is it Norwich? Uh, Everton have uh, Wolves and Watford have Southampton. Oh, see, it's, Wolves' defences are great at the moment, but I'm not sure. If, you, if you're wanting to get off Gray, maybe upgrading to Mount or something like that, it's probably a good move. But, yeah, I, I'm not a big fan of Gray at the moment, but – that's just me. Um, and apart from that, there's nothing else I'd like to add. Um, anything else to add on to that, Damo? Uh, well, basically, you know, other than what you said, with evident assets, I think you just hold on to them for the short term, at least for the, for the Wolves game, and then sort of evaluate at the Tottenham game. Uh, as for Watford, you pr- if you've got – the only one that's probably relevant is Saar. And if you have him, you hold him for Southampton because you could get something there and then you look on to move, move him on. So probably the next one or two games, that's where you sort of move on Everton and Watford assets. I definitely want to bring in, in any from both of these sides, especially with uh, the potential or the rumours that um, Benitez might be going back to um, to Newcastle. There's some of the rumours uh, – uh, with that happening, so it might be causing a little bit of uh, instability with Everton. I will, however, say with Everton, keep your eye on Richarlison. He's back now. I believe he, yes, he scored a goal in the last game. So uh, the fixtures aren't great, but um, when on form, he's quite a good asset. So I'm not saying bring him in, but um, he's more of a on the watch list for yeah, no, definitely. If I was getting someone else um, in Everton when their fixtures do um, open up, I'd definitely be looking at Richarlison, especially if uh, Calvert-Lewin's still out as well. Hmm. Um, next up, we got Leeds and Wolves. Um, as usual, Rafinha looked amazing. I sort of, I was hoping he was going to get a goal before half time because it seemed as though he just kept um, shooting, um, trying to get that goal, and then obviously he then got his leg kicked off. I think, I'm not sure who it was that got him, but he went off injured and then, um, yeah, he went off injured and then it's like their attack kind of stalled a little bit and Wolves looked good in that first half. Um, We got the early return from Jimenez when he took a shot and it fell straight to Huang who scored. So, I mean, I'll take that. It was an accidental assist, but... Um, we'll take that. Any assist is good. And then in the second half, it's like Wolves just decided to park the bus and uh, hold that one goal lead, which 
then invited evident, uh, not evident, leads back into the game. And the player that come on, I think, when Rafinha went off, I think Gelhart, mm-hmm. I think that's how you pronounce his name, he looked amazing. <laughs> I've never seen him play before, but he was just on fire. And then obviously he ended up winning the penalty to get them the equaliser at the end of the game. So just depending on what's happening with Rafinha, I'm not sure whether he's an exact replacement for Rafinha or whether he could play up front possibly. But I'm not 100% sure what they'll do with him. But if he is starting, he might be worth looking at because he's only four and a half. So Yeah, that's not a bad shout. Um, for me, I'm not not particularly looking at anyone from either sides at this stage. Obviously, I've got Rafinha. He's flagged at the moment, so sort of have to wait and see with him. Uh, the only one, if I was to move on any of my uh, forwards, uh, looking at Huang at 5.7, obviously, for Wolves, uh, I'd almost go him over Jimenez. I've no, um, I know you've got Jimenez, so I don't know whether you sort of agree with that, but Huang's looks look great um, ever since he's sort of broke into the team and then consistently sort of starting. Uh, and at 5.7, you, you're not going to get much cheaper or better. Like, obviously, uh, King is cheap only returned, but he's not going to do that every week. Huang, probably for the last month, has returned steadily every single week. So, uh, and, you know, it sort of leaves me for a little bit of a tough decision when I do decide to finally get rid of St. Max, that uh, do I go Wang or do I go um, uh, Tony? Like uh, it's sort of one of those things now where I'm like, oh, I don't actually know because both still have great fixtures. So it's a bit of a uh, bit of a toss up, uh, I suppose. But uh, other than that, uh, not much else for uh, for me in terms of either side. Yeah, no, that's a fair shout. Like Wang, he doesn't sort of, I guess probably get the, the amount of opportunities that Jimenez does. But when he does get an opportunity, he pretty much scores. So I definitely, if someone didn't have Jimenez or Hwang and they wanted to save a bit of money, like I would not be putting anyone off from getting Hwang. He's a good shout. So yeah. I probably wouldn't go there just because I do have Jimenez. But mm, I think if you're looking at both head-to-head at this stage, I'd probably go Huang over Jimenez. One, you're saving money, but two, you're getting just as much return out of out of him. So it's sort of um, silly. It's not silly to think of the other way, but because uh, I, I can't uh, I can't remember how much Jimenez is. Is Jimenez about sevens or so? He's seven point four. Seven point four. So like he's almost two million more expensive. So you can do a lot of things with two million dollars extra. And it's as I said, it's not like Huang is not. Um, sort of going head-to-head with him as he is. So, as I said, it's a, it's a tough one, but I'd probably lean towards Huang at this stage. Yeah, no, it's a fair call. See, I think Jimenez and Huang, it's like almost Huang's reliant on Jimenez because Jimenez takes the, I guess, it pulls the defenders out, yeah. he makes his run, and then Jimenez finds him, which he did the other week when he got the two assists to Huang's two goals. But I think Jimenez can sort of, I guess do things on his own, so that's I'm kind of looking at him as I think he's a bit, bit more of a triple threat compared to Hwang. But who knows? Hwang could outscore Jimenez over the next few weeks. But I'm just going to stick with Jimenez at least for the next couple of weeks anyway. Um, next up, we got Southampton and Burnley. Um, Brozier, is that hey? Is it Brozier or Broja? Uh, 
I would have gone with Broha, but, uh, you know, we're Aussies, so let's go with Broha. <laughs> um, he looked amazing. He just was relentless up front. And I sort of – I'd seen him score the – I think his debut he scored and he, he looked good. And then seeing it in a bigger sample size this time he started up front with Redmond, he looked he looked really good. And I know he has the injury flag, but, I mean, if you're wanting to downgrade any of your assets to Brozier, I think he's 5.0 if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think he's 5.0. Yeah, definitely – Pretty good value for that 5.0, especially if he beats out Chi Adams. But uh, Chi Adams and Armstrong, I'm not exactly sure what's going on there. So I'd maybe just wait to see whether one of them was sort of wanting to get fitness back from an injury or they're out of favour. I'm not sure. But last thing you want to do is bring in um, Brozier and then next minute he's on the bench. So, um, And Livermento just continues to be the best budget signing of the year, getting a, a goal and um, looking very lively up that wing. He created three chances, had three shots, had seven crosses, three key passes, which for a fullback, that's the type of stuff you want to see, especially when you're wanting those attacking returns. And I thought Redman had another good performance. That's two in a row now where he's just looked absolutely menacing. And I think that if you're wanting a bit of a differential pick, going forward for their run of fixtures, I'd definitely be looking at Revan because I think at the moment he is playing up front as a midfielder, but even when uh, someone comes back, he'll still drop to the wing and still give you just as good as a return. So, But um, apart from that, Burnley, Cornet is a freak, but he plays at Burnley. So I'm not sure whether I want to go there, but I definitely wouldn't put anyone off trying to get him in because their fixtures aren't too bad at the moment. I mean, they've got, what, Brentford, Chelsea, Crystal Palace, Tottenham, Wolves. So they're not too bad, a bit all over the shop. But I could definitely see him bagging a few more goals. Um, what about you, Damo? Yeah, so firstly, before I sort of um, get into the, uh, the both the teams, how, how good, and I've got to give them credit for this, how good have Chelsea loan players been? Uh, you know, you've got Gallagher who's who's doing things at uh, Crystal Palace. You've got Gilmore who's doing the business uh, in, at Norwich with, you know, lesser success but still doing the business. And now Broha's just uh, come up and um, playing well with Southampton. It's, uh, I've got to say, you know, they've got some quality young players sort of coming through that Chelsea Academy that obviously uh, Chelsea sort of can't fit them in. But uh, you look at it and it's, it's sort of – scary at the thought of how good Chelsea are at the moment and can be for these players in the next couple of years. Um, how about the wing-back stocks? You've got Liveramento, you've got Alonso, you've got James, you've got Chilwell. It's disgusting. <laughs> I was going to say, is, is Liveramento a... Liveramento's not a, um, a Chelsea uh, loan player, is he? I don't know whether he's a loan player or whether he's a junior and he just signed. With uh, okay, yeah, because I was going to say, I don't think he was a loan. I think uh, they own him, but um, I could be wrong anyway. But, I'd have to uh, double check, but yeah. all I know is he's either signed from Chelsea or he's on loan from Chelsea. But either way, they're just pretty yeah, much banging out wing backs. Yeah, actually, no, uh, you're right. He came from Chelsea. But um, Southampton got him for five mil. <laughs> so, oh, that's a bargain. 
So they signed they signed him for five mil. So it is an absolute bargain that they got um, for him. I'm sure um, United will probably buy him for about sixty five million. So you know <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, nah, he's uh, yeah. I've, I'm just sort of reading it now just to sort of get clarity. But yeah, they've um, he's actually been sold to Chelsea. Uh, sorry, to uh, Southampton. So that that was. Real good business for um for Southampton, yeah, no, uh, because I don't think they're going to sort of hold on to him the next couple of years. But they will get a pretty penny for him. So, um, yeah, in terms okay. of this game, I think you've covered covered it all. You know, Livermento, um, Broja or Broja, whatever if we want to call him. <laughs> um, just sort of to know he's potentially flagged, um, Broja, but uh, obviously he's one to sort of keep an eye on. He's not someone you're going to bring in now. But um, he's definitely one to keep an eye on, given Southampton haven't really had anyone strong in attack. Uh, you know, uh, who was it? Uh, Armstrong, uh, he sort of shown glimpses. But if this brochure can kind of come through, uh, definitely one to sort of look at. Uh, Burnley, forget about them. I know you said Cornet, but um, but uh, out of respect for, for Ollie, I'm going to say, uh, yeah, no, no good on Burnley. <laughs> Mate, don't do that, mate. <laughs> secretly, he secretly likes Burnley plays. He just wanted a minute. You're gonna get yourself. You're gonna get yourself blocked, mate. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I think he was running a. Um, I think it might have been his Rover um, watch along the other morning, and I put up in the live uh, comments. Um, uh, who would you rather see sign for Rovers? Um, Brownhill, Cornet, or Tarkovsky? <laughs> And he, he goes, Quinn, I'm not even going to read that out. <laughs> no, it's always good, always good to stir him up a little bit. but Yeah, that's it. Uh, next up, we got Brighton and Man City. Um, another masterclass from Foden. He looked amazing. And it's going to be every bit of self-control for me this week, not to take a minus four hit to bring him in, but... I mean, the week's still young, so we'll see where we go. Um, Bernardo Silva also looked really good, but Foden had two goals, eight shots, one assist, three chances created, four crosses, which is just pretty much screaming lots of points. (laughs) And Bernardo Silva looked really good. He didn't quite do as much on the stats side of things, only the assist, but he looked really good as well. And I know you did point him out as your differential pick last Mm -hmm. week, so... Um, got an assist, mate. So that that's a win. That's a win for you. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of uh, this game here, obviously Brighton. I'm not really looking at uh, any assets at all uh, at this stage. Their um, next set of fixtures are sort of they are a little bit on the difficult side. But uh, in saying that, that you know they haven't sort of looked too good. Um, anyway, in terms of defensively, which is where you'd probably look in terms of Brighton. Um, in terms of Man City. Obviously, like, I know KDB didn't uh, return uh, in this game, but I still think he's going to be a decent asset moving forward. But other than that, you're sort of – I'm sort of tossing up uh, because I'm not bringing in KDB at this stage just given how I've set up a forward. But I definitely am looking at bringing in a Man City uh, midfielder. I just haven't decided whether it's going to be Foden, uh, Gundogan, Again, another one that I can't say, um, or Bernardo. So um, uh, I'm sort of, I think I need to see another week or so uh, before I decide. But it's probably going to be one of those three that I do bring in, uh, potentially for uh, someone like uh, 
like a Ben Rama who I still have, um, or or a Rafinha that I still have, even Gallagher. Uh, I know yeah. Rafinha. Uh, as long as Rafinha's not injured, I'll probably keep him. So it'll probably be uh, either Ben Rama or Gallagher. Probably move on because Gallagher, even though um, he's looked good, he hasn't sort of um, scored any many returns. So um, it'll be one of them anyway. But uh, but yeah, so those are the three I'm sort of looking at. Yeah, that's no, a fair call. Sort of. It's, I'm, I think I've got a bit of PTSD and afraid to sort of commit to another um, asset from a, a big club like Chelsea and Man City just because I got burnt twice by yeah. Chelsea. But yeah, and I, and I think that's and that's the thing. Like, sort of, like, I was sort of burnt by Torres uh, with Chelsea, uh, sort of with uh, Man City, and then obviously bringing in Alonso for for Chelsea, and that sort of hasn't paid off at all. Uh, so I agree with you 100 percent there in terms of. So bringing those um, assets from bigger teams, and then it's just not working. Uh, yeah. Well, I have the uh, next game. No, we haven't been really been going back and forth, but since it's uh, West Ham Spurs, I think I'll, I'll take the reins on this one. Yeah, nice. uh, again, as I said, masterclass by by West Ham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what did I tell you? You know, like uh, Spurs. Oh, so just... You did call it, mate. You did call it. <laughs> Spurs have just been Spursy, um, so. <laughs> but uh, as I said, I sort of I took I did take the risk on captaining Antonio, um, but uh, I sort of I as I said I thought he would score, but then obviously I didn't um, think Salah would uh, score three in, a, in an assist. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, but but yeah, so a- Antonio uh, with the goal, Cresswell for the assist. Uh, you know, the, they looked great. Um, you know, like. I'm just I'm uh, I'm pumped for my team. Like obviously my FPL team isn't going great at the moment, but my actual team that I support is going fantastically. You know, sitting in the top four um, and you know undefeated in in Europa. What more? What more could a could a guy want? You know, like obviously Moisey's um, a great manager. You know, like obviously the the club that uh, he came from beforehand didn't really give him a give him a go, but. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I am rip- ripping you up a bit too much tonight. Um, but yeah, it was a uh, noisy masterclass. Uh, in terms of assets themselves, as I've sort of said for a few weeks now, Antonio for me is a season keeper. He's, I think he's 7.9 still. He's the best 7.9. He's actually uh, got a, I think he must have got a decent rise today because he's sitting at 8.2. Hang on, he was only, that can't be right. Yeah, that, he... I saw it on Twitter today. Like, I, I've seen it twice. So I don't know whether that's maybe the buying price. He's 8.2. Yeah, he's 8.2. I thought he was sitting, I thought he was sitting around about 7.98. I didn't realise he was. Um, no, he was not 7.9. I think it might have been two weeks ago, possibly. Yeah, he did I thought. I did. I bought him back at seven point nine. So, and that was only a few weeks ago. So, um, but in saying that, you know, he's he's the best sort of uh, eight million um, player, if not the best eight million forward players, or almost the best eight million player in the game um, in terms of value wise. He ticks along. Like he ticks along. Yeah. He scores goals. He can make something out of nothing which is a really good asset uh, to have. 
in terms of other West Ham assets, again, I wouldn't be bringing them in yet because uh, they play Villa, which is a good uh, game, then Liverpool, uh, so not a great game. Wolves, Man City, then Brighton. So it's sort of like a bit of an up and down one great game, one not so great game. Uh, yeah. So, But I am going to keep my eye on Cresswell again uh, and I'm obviously still going to keep my eye on, on Bowen. Uh, Bowen's a special type of player, as I've sort of said to you in previous pods. He's, um, you know, as a young player, he's just as quick as Antonio and can score goals. So um, if I'm going to pick three assets for West Ham to look at, definitely Antonio uh, and I would say most people to have him and then uh, obviously looking at Chris Fallon Bowen. In terms of of Spurs, I know we say this every week about Son and Kane, but uh, I wouldn't be going anywhere near them, at least for the next two. Yeah, uh, you know, uh, it, it's a funny game because obviously, you know, all jokes aside, you know, it's, it will be a tough game for Spurs this weekend. You know, um, yeah. I was going to say, unfortunately, someone has to win, but they don't. They can be a draw. But uh, <laughs> I'll but, take that, mate. After last weekend, I'll take that. But uh, look, it is a tough. It, it'll be will be a tough fixture for um, Spurs against Man United. I would hazard to say Everton will have almost their full complement of lineup in two weeks. So that'll be another tough game for Spurs. So, yeah. you know, and then after that, you know, Leeds, Burnley, Brentford becomes easier. But um, I'm like, yeah, other than Sun Kane, I'm not really looking at um, anyone else in terms of Spurs. But again, if you do want to bring in Sun or Kane, you, you almost have to rearrange your teams a little bit. They, they, they're not cheap. It's not like, you know, you would have to move on one of your big boys to get either a Sun or Kane. And at this stage, yeah. it's probably not worth it unless you're on wildcard. Um, yeah. But even then, like, they ha- they haven't looked great. So, yeah, so I'd say, hold, you know, just, just wait. If you've got Sun or Kane, hold. Um, and like hold probably for the next three to four if you can, um, unless something else sort of jumps out. But um, because I do feel like they will start returning. But um, but yeah, so so they're sort of hot and cold at the moment. Obviously, Kane was on fire last. Uh, was it last week that he was on fire? Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, he, so, he looked better the last couple of weeks, yeah. but so he was on he was on fire last week, and then obviously this game came along, and it's and everyone's like, oh, why do we bother bringing in Kane? But that's why it's sort of I can't remember whether I said this in the pod last week or whether I'd um, sort of talked about it in one of the Twitter spaces. But um, uh, with Kane, he, you really have to see maybe two or three weeks of him returning before you sort of contemplate bringing him in. Yeah. Uh, so that's why I sort of say, just look, just wait uh, for the Man United game and then potentially, if you want to, desperately want him, bring him in for the uh, for the Everton game. Yeah, no, it's, you pretty much covered everything. I sort of just like to point out thing, uh, something with Antonio. A lot of people were obviously complaining when he was blanking and not getting his goals, but in the games he was blanking, he was, he was still missing chances and chances mm-hmm. that he'd usually finish. So he... For my, in my opinion, he's a he's a cut price premium asset mm. to have up front, and it, you, they might not win these big fixtures and hard fixtures, but 
you know someone's scoring, it's probably going to be Antonio or he's going to have some part in the goal. So, Yeah, and I was going to say, I know um, uh, and the, the next game we're covering is the Liverpool game, but uh, I know a lot of people were giving... Uh, the plonker crap for um, for uh, removing uh, Jota, but um, he brought in Antonio uh, through that move, and um, uh, you know, I mean, where people were dumping Antonio, um, he was smart enough to actually bring him in. So, and I think uh, net wise, in terms of points wise, he actually did well out of that move too. So, um, yeah. don't just uh, like uh, isolate one move. You need to look at the whole sort of picture. Uh, in terms of what you're doing in your team too, uh, whether it's a net gain or net, or net loss. Yeah, no, that's it. I sort of, I was thinking over the last few weeks when I'm going to get Antonio out to sort of downgrade him, but every week I just go, I think I might just keep him for the rest of the year. Like mm. each week I go, oh, nah, he's looking good and just keep going. And then I reckon he's just going to stay in my team, to be honest. And they do have, I think, the double fixture over Christmas time as well. So I'm kind of, maybe aiming at doing the triple captain on Antonio because the fixtures I can't think of the top of my head, but they're not against great opponents. So I think it might be Southampton and Palace or something like that. Um, going into the next game, Liverpool, Man United. As I said to you, mate, I woke up to watch it before work and um, the 35 minutes, 40 minutes that I watched was just absolute shambles. I'd, there's a lot of people on Twitter. I had a lot of conversation today. People were saying, oh, Ole needs to go, like, he, he plans the team before the match to play and this is what he's telling them to do. And I'm like, what coach in their right mind's telling their defenders to sit there and ball watch Mo Salah as he just skips past you and puts a ball in the back of the net? And it happened about three times or when Maguire's trying to play out from the back and he's just playing it straight to Mo Salah. <laughs> it's, it's stuff that it's stuff that the coach can't really be at fault for. It's just players just just playing lazy football and, you know, it's, it was disappointing and it made me more disappointed as a Man United fan when I had fellow supporters that were pretty much excusing the way players played and just putting it all on Ole. And I, I just think if what's come out, they're trying to say that players are deliberately playing bad because they want Ole to go. I think if that's the case, I'm not sure if there's any truth to it, I'd be holding my head in shame because <laughs> what type of player wants to play like that and lose 5-0 at home to one of your biggest rivals? Like, like I, I could imagine for you, mate, if it was like you just wanted your coach to go and against Tottenham you decided to just do exactly what we did. Mm. Like, how would you feel with that, mate? Would you, would you be just focusing on the coach or would you be kind of wanting to discuss what players, how they performed and stuff like that? Yeah, you're 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 right, but ultimately, it, uh, you're not going to sack eleven players. You're going to sack a coach. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I, yeah. I I sort of I agree with the sentiment, but um, uh, it's easier getting rid of a coach than getting rid of um, uh, or getting rid of eleven players. Yeah, like I thought, like Ronaldo and and Greenwood look good in patches, but. Just defensively, we were just horrible. And it's almost like they didn't know who Mo Salah was. Like, oh, do we need to mark this guy? And it's like, mm. mate. Just... <laughs> I'd, actually, I'd actually seen some someone had written their opinion on the game on on Twitter and uh, in terms of um, Ole's coaching. And I sort of read it and I don't know if I agree with it per se, but he 
brings up a very valid point in terms of Ole actually, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, Ole played with uh, Ronaldo, if I'm not mistaken, like in a... Uh, yeah, sort of back in 2000. So is he more of a team, not a teammate, but is he more of a sort of like uh, friend rather than making the hard calls? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of, eh, as I said, I don't know if I particularly agree with it per se, but it is a very good point of do they actually need someone completely sort of away from the club to come in a la Chelsea uh, with Lampard and just sort of put the foot down and put their stamp on the game on uh, Manchester United because don't get me wrong, like I know I've given you guys a lot of grief (laughs) over this part. You don't have a bad team. Like you've got some good players. Obviously you've got some players that probably are too comfortable Uh, in their positions, but you do have a very solid team. You know, I'm not going to sort of fault you for that. So do you need someone potentially who can bring in just those different ideas or, you know, a bit of a a hard streak to them in terms of, no, this is the, the, the lay of the land and I don't care who you are, you're not performing, you're benched. Yeah. No, see, I've, I, I agree with what you're trying to say there. I, mm. I'm in the middle because I like I don't care whether they sack Ole or keep Ole. Like he he did a good job to get us from where we were when he come in because we were yeah. absolute shambles. And um, he did come in and and we did look good and we looked good in that first game of the season. But you know, I I agree with the people that think that he needs to go you know we we do need some change but I just I, I couldn't excuse from what I seen from players in that game I was just mm. yeah I, I I just couldn't give them a pass and be like oh you know it's it's the tactics because from what I seen there was a lot there that went wrong that wasn't tactics it was just players just playing too comfortable being too lazy and and almost just like they weren't up for the occasion which when you're well, up against Liverpool, yeah. it's, you know, it's you one were, of the biggest occasions. And you were down 3-0 in the blink of an eye. Like, yeah. I actually watched that game. I watched the full game. And I, I was sitting there in almost disbelief. Like, how how is men? Well, it's either Liverpool are playing scary good, which could, you know, could have been the case. But, you know, how are men you playing this bad as well? So, yeah. yeah like, and the touch and obviously all of the um, conversation that come out of the weekend with captaining Salah and certain people like coming across a bit, I guess, smug about it or which I know that wasn't the intentions, but yeah. I mean, no one could have had the hindsight for what transpired in that game because there's no one no. in this world. You could have come to me and said, Salah scores a hat trick, gets an assist and Man United lose five nil. Like, yeah, there's no and, – and you know me, I was being optimistic going, you know, like the stats and what I've watched over the years, mm. the last few seasons, is it's a very cagey match. And sometimes it can be a bit disappointing when you're expecting goals and fireworks. It's just, you know, maybe one all or two all or, or nil yeah. all. And that's – I kind of – I think um, one of Ollie's mates, that uh, Daniel – he um was talking and he invited me into the space and I pretty much uh, put the dampering down on all the hype where everyone was sort of hyping up Salah. I went, 
you know, it probably could finish nil all and <laughs> kind of turn the mood down in uh, the space, which I, I felt bad for. But I said yeah. I had to play devil's advocate and, yeah, you well, know, be optimistic. Uh, but Yeah, and I think we see it this week in terms of, well, how good are Liverpool and how bad are Man U? Because if Man U come out and lose to Tottenham, like and I'm, I'm not saying just lose, like, comfortably lose, then there is something definitively wrong at Man U. Something's gone wrong. Uh, yeah. You know I mean? At the same time, um, I, can't, I think oh, well, Liverpool have Brighton, so <laughs> I don't think we're going to find out too much here from that game. Yeah, no, I, I, I think it's somewhere in between. I, Mo Salah, if he doesn't get the Ballon d'Or, you know, I'll, I'll be yeah. asking questions because he's, he's absolutely amazing and I dislike Liverpool, but I mean, you uh, can't deny how good he is. He's yeah. the best player in the world. And I wouldn't fault anyone to just perma-captain him. Uh, and I'm not sure how many years you've played uh, fantasy for, uh, for but um, I remember the days where uh, I'm talking about the Arsenal glory days where um, Sanchez was just a permanent captain week in, week out. You just yeah. wouldn't move, you woun't move the captaincy off him because... Um, he would get double-digit returns every single week. And I think Salah could be that type of player that regardless of what happens, he's going to score his 10-plus points every week. Yeah, no, nah, that's it. And and I, f- I felt for the Havertz people that mm. captained him because I was nearly going to be in that boat with Jimenez. And, and you know me, I was I was backing Jimenez to the hill. Like, everyone was telling me, like, you're, you're silly and Salah's going to destroy you. And I'm like, he probably will. But, you know... I just felt like it was the one game week all year where you could kind of stray away from happening a premium and going elsewhere because mm. there was a, a few different good matches. And, I mean, me and you both were looking at different captaincy op- options. Yeah. And I, I obviously referred back to Salah just because of that injury cloud. But if there wasn't for that injury cloud, I would have had uh, Jimenez as well. So yeah. I can't yeah. – I, I don't think it's being a silly manager or not knowing how to play FPL, I think. People took mm. a punt, and and sometimes you got to take those punts. And well, could have been Havertz with you know the three goals and the yeah, assist. Yeah, exactly right. Mount, exactly right. So, but um, yeah. yeah. And to touch on, I guess FPL side of things after <laughs> winning about Man United for a bit. Um, Ronaldo scored a goal, which should have been a goal, but because of this stupid VAR rule, where if a person has a shoelace offside, even though they're not really involved in the goal, it gets cancelled out. So. You know, everyone's getting off Ronaldo and saying, you know, if you got him, you got to sell him. But I think if he scores that goal, the conversation's a bit different this week. Yeah. So I think if you do have him for this game against Spurs, I'd probably hold him this week because mm. Spurs haven't been great defensively. And um, I could see him getting a goal this week, but yeah. they do have some tough fixtures coming up. So you either get him out next week or you pretty much are going to hold him all the way through to game week 27. So. Yeah, but, and, but look, and that's the thing with, with like, obviously I don't have Ronaldo anymore, but with Ronaldo, like, obviously playing Tottenham uh, this week, anything can happen. But then you got, like, I wouldn't rule out him scoring in the derby. Like, it's a derby. It's a Manchester derby. Anything can happen. It doesn't matter where you are, you know, position-wise and how well, how bad you're going. Uh, so, you know, if you've got Ronaldo and you don't have any particular issues and there's no one else you really want to bring in, I'd just hold him. Uh, in terms of other, like in terms of assets, again going back to FPL, uh, TAA 
star, absolute star. I did say a few weeks ago, you just hold on to him and um, just like, you know, you bench him and then, because I think it was only a one, one week, he was out anyway. Uh, and then obviously if you, if you don't have Salah, well, you should have Salah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, our, our good mate Jota, Jota returned. You know, like I was actually, as I said, I when I saw the lineup for that game and I'd seen that Mane was benched and Jota, was start, Jota started, I felt, oh, I actually messaged the Plonker going, oh, you'd be happy, you know, if Jota started. And he's like, you guys, I sold him. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, oh, damn. Like, he goes, I sold him for KDB. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's no good. <laughs> I think I put on a, I put on his post um, one like uh, for well, one like equals one prayer. <laughs> but, yeah, but, like, I, I think Nick, uh, Nick Gain, I think it was much of matches because, obviously, he brought in Antonio was who returned. So you sort of, as I said earlier, you have to sort of look at the next picture. Um, all right, let's have a look at the last game. I think, I think we spent yeah. about 20 minutes on um, Man United there. So. Yeah, it's probably the most you're going to talk about Man United in your life. Yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, uh, we've, got, we've got Brentford Leicester, the last game. Uh, in terms of Brentford, I'm very wary about Brentford now, um, given Raya's injury. He's out for about four months, I've heard. So I, yeah. don't, know, I don't know how that's going to factor in in terms of um, how they sort of line up, all that kind of stuff. I don't know how good their backup goalkeeper is, but uh, it's. I think it's sort of like a wait and see uh, with uh, with Brentford in terms of what we do next. Um, I am obviously I I went against my own advice, <laughs> uh, and I think I'm going to pay for it because I don't think. Uh, well, Wem- Wembo is uh, flagged at the moment. I brought in Wembo. So, um, and he's flagged. So, uh, I think it's a wait and see with, with Brentford to see who you bring in. Uh, if you do bring in anyone, I think it's one player only, and it's either Tony or Mwembo, if yeah. Mwembo actually plays. So, I wouldn't bring in any Brentford assets this week, uh, but they've still got great fixtures. Um, yeah. In terms of Leicester, um, they've got Arsenal this week. You know, like, and this is what I was sort of saying uh, earlier in terms of, you know, like Man United aren't playing great at the moment, but have a look at Arsenal. You know, the first, I think, two or three weeks, everyone was saying, oh, you know, um, I've forgotten their coach's name now. Uh, Arteta. Yeah, you know, Arteta out, he's got to go. And they've just turned around since then. So, you know, anything can happen in football. You know, weeks a long time in football. So... Uh, you know, it's, it's probably going to be a tough game for Leicester. Uh, in terms of Leicester assets, uh, Vardy is flagged. Again, I brought in Vardy last week, so I think I've got three or four players are flagged this week. They're yellow flags. So hopefully, you know, most of them play, but, you know, who we'll see how we go. Um, love Tillman's game again. I um, I didn't shout out Tim Tillman's last week because you, you didn't think I'll, I'll leave it as well. But um, so I thought I'd shout out someone different. But um, he, played, <laughs> he played really well again. Um, he's, you know, obviously he's an asset that you'd be looking at. Uh, Leicester's run isn't too bad. You know, Arsenal leads, then Chelsea, which is a tough one, Watford, Southampton. But um, just a sneaky shout out uh, for Dakar. Uh, again, I wouldn't be bringing him in at the moment, but he's on the watch list. If he can yep. start, he played well 
Uh, he had an assist as well. So I think he only played for 45 minutes. So, But he's yeah. one that you sort of you look at, like with these players that we've sort of shouted out tonight, most of them, they're not players you're going to bring in straight away, but they're ones that you sort of look at, put in your watch list, you have a look. You don't look at returns per se. You look at if they start. And if they start starting, then you know returns are going to come. Yeah. Um, but, yes. Like that's- I don't see him as like a one-week punt, like say mm. Bartles out this week. Like I would not pull anyone away from saying I might just take a one-week punt on Dakar and, and get him in just for this week. Mm. But, again, it just depends on um, obviously, you know, starting and things. Like, well, again, it's, it's Arsenal, so maybe the week after. But, again, see how it is, see how you go kind of thing. Um, any players that uh, you you chat out? No, he pretty much covered all of them. Uh, with Tillemans, that goal was like an absolute worldie. He absolutely hit that with everything he had in it. Was flying, went into the top corner. So it was, it was good. It was almost like an explosion um, way to get me my return on the differential pick. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'm in a hard spot at the moment. Whether I get him in for Saka or whether I just hold, um, I really want to get him in just. Because someone pointed out, if he might have been JB, he's like, you have all these good differential picks, but you're not getting them in your side. So I'm yeah. sitting at that point where where I, I don't know whether I should get him in. I, I definitely don't want to take the minus four hit to get him in because I, I can't see him getting enough points to offset that um, minus four. But I'm looking at Tony also. I think he has been coming deep to get the ball, which is, I guess, opening up their attack. And if uh, Inbermo is playing... You know, he, he's a decent asset to have. I just don't know how he would go if Abermo is not playing. But from the reports that I've seen this afternoon, the coach come out and said uh, him and Pinnock should be right to go for the weekend. But obviously I wouldn't be um, getting them in or getting them out till you sort of hear that press conference on Friday just to double-check to make sure um, they're right to go. But apart from that, I'm not really looking at anyone else. It'll be interesting to see who the replacement goalkeeper is and how he goes, um, whether he might be worth getting in because he is the same price as what Raya mm. was, which is criminal because Raya was having a really good year. But, yeah. Oh. But, yeah, that about wraps up the game week. We might get into our differentials. Um, this week I've went with Redmond from Southampton at 59 and 0.3% owned the last two games. He's had 21 crosses, two assists, nine shots, 11 chances created, and nine key passes. So those are the stats to go with the eye test, and the eye test is telling me that he's he's been playing really good. So if anyone was looking at a sort of a bit of an out-there pick coming up for their Southampton fixtures, I'd definitely be looking at Revan because he is playing as that second striker up front. But if uh, Armstrong or someone else comes back into the side, he will push back into that wide midfield spot, but he's still going to do damage there. So I reckon he's worth a shout. I won't get him in my team just because I don't have the, obviously, wiggle room at the moment, but I've got him. I just picked him up in a draft league today. So hmm. I really rate him this week and obviously hopefully can keep the run going after Tillman's return last week. Um, what about you, mate? Uh, just looking at sort of obviously we've mentioned Tillemans a few times. He's still only 6.1% owned. Uh, other than that, I'm sort of, uh, as I said to you, probably Richarlison at 42 uh, KDB still only 4% owned. So 
look, you know, there's there's a few players there that um, are look, sort of looking promising. But if I was sort of going to pick one, I'd probably go Tielemans at 6.1% owned at the moment. Yeah, no, I like that. Um, also, yeah, your Bernardo Silva also got a, a return last week, mate, so good pick. Mm, yeah, no, that was, that, that was good. Obviously, would have been better if KDB and Bernardo <laughs> <were> <laughs> assisted, but we can't sort of pick them all, so... No, that's it. And uh, going into plays to watch, I sort of I put down Brohar. I think if he does end up keeping his spot in the side, he he's an absolute bargain uh, pick at that 5.0. So he's got two goals, two games. So it's pretty much what you want, especially from a budget striker. And then I also wrote Cornette down as well. I don't, I'm not a fan of Burnley at the moment, but I've watched him in the French League He's really good. He's a quality player, and I, I think if he if he continues this role, I might have to find a spot in my team for him. So when the fixtures do open up for him, what about yeah. you, mate? Yeah, for me, as I said to you earlier, that Dakar um, striker. I think uh, if he starts starting, then uh, I'd probably be looking at him. Um, obviously, being quite cheap as well. Yeah, that's it. Um, might get into the shit the bed segment. Um, I'm pretty much just going to say Man United, it was the horrible watch. I just, yeah, every asset from Man United, just everything about Man United shut the bed this weekend. For me, I think uh, I agree with you. <laughs> Whole Man United squad, uh, uh, I did right here, here, and didn't we all just love it? <laughs> <laughs> no. whenever, Man, whenever Man United uh, don't play well, but... <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, now that whole Man United squad would just, um, yeah, as I said to you, if they do not if they do not come out this week and absolutely fire up for Tottenham, then you've got to say Ole's lost the lost the, um, the players. So, yeah. you know, I mean, I, look, and I'm going to love it either way. Either, to- <laughs> <laughs> either, either Tottenham beat Manu, and that's great for us, or uh, Manu beat Tottenham, and that's even better for us. So <laughs> it's a win-win. Mate. It's a win-win for me. Mate, you and JB were sitting back like fat cats, smiling. <laughs> uh, anyway, I might move on to the mailbag questions, mate. I might let you kick off the first one. Yeah, so the first question uh, was, what's your ideal uh, eleven? with three Chelsea, three Liverpool, and three Man City players. Uh, he's written the remaining two are up to you. Um, would, and then would you consider rolling with it for the next four to six weeks? So what I did was I took my team and thought, well, if I'm wildcarding, um, what would the team look up look like in that setup? So I'll just sort of uh, talk to it now. So I had uh, Guaita uh, as the goalkeeper. Uh, 4.5 goalkeeper. Then I had uh, and Foster as a uh, sub. Uh, I had uh, from the back, Chilwell, Rudiger, TAA and Cancello, so going big at the back uh, with Livermento as a fifth uh, defender. Um, in the midfield, I had Salah, KDB, Foden, uh, Jota and hudson Adoy. Sort of, I wanted to go Mount, but couldn't afford him in this setup, and then sort of went small up forward with Huang, Tony, and King. So overall, with the three-three-three setup, I actually really like it. Uh, you know, I mean, you're sort of covered 
it covers the Chelsea assets well in terms of who's playing well, which is their defenders, uh, covers who you want sort of in the midfield with KDB and Salah, um, you know, TAA Cancelo as well. Um, and then obviously up forward, you know, Huang and Tony are so, uh, sort of doing the business and you can sort of pick and choose uh, in terms of fixtures-wise. So I don't mind it. So <laughs> if anyone's looking to wildcard, um, there's a uh, potential team right there for you. Uh, <laughs> how about exactly you? pretty solid, mate. Yeah, and as I said, like I thought, oh, I'm, I'm going to see, like obviously my, um, uh, I'm just trying to, trying to see now if I've got it here um my what my uh dollar wise I, I'm, on, I'm on 102.7 if that sort of helps you guys um in terms of my i forgot i've forgotten what it's actually called what's it called uh not money in the bank um what my team that oh, sorry team value that's what i was looking for uh yeah, yeah. so it's, the team value is 102.7 so uh, as I said, I thought I'd um, make a team and just see what it looks like. And as I said, it's, uh, it's actually not that bad. Uh, how about yourself, man? Um, I sort of, I didn't really have to do too much work to mine, just mainly because I didn't go the Kevin De Bruyne. Mm. Uh, so I didn't write my team down, but I managed to uh, upgrade Saar to Allison, And then I went Trent Alexander-Arnold and Salah. Then my Chelsea assets, I went Chilwell. Reese James um, and Mount. And then I went Bernardo Silva, Foden, and Ken Sello as my three as well. And then I managed, mm. I think I had to downgrade Antonio, obviously. I downgraded him to King to get a bit of extra money in. But I still sort of, I kept my old Barmyang up front with Jimenez. Um, I downgraded Gallagher. I think I downgraded him to Brownhill. Um, but, yeah, pretty much kept the same side of Livermento at the back as well. Yeah. So I I don't know whether I'd roll with it, but yours looks a lot more attractive than what mine did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but if anyone was doing a wild card, it might be worth a shout, especially with the fixtures um, for the big big three at the moment anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Um, next one up, we got, would you target Man United as a fixture like Norwich, Burnley, Leeds and Newcastle? Well, I think I answered this earlier, but I think it might be dangerous if you're thinking like that, just because I think maybe it's a hundred years. It's the worst result against Liverpool in the last hundred years at home for Man United. So I wouldn't be reading into it too much, but I guess if you do play it like that and it comes off, you're going to be looking like a genius, but. I just think that not every, not every team has Mo Salah, so I think yeah. that's, that's a big difference there. But I don't know, you might have something else on that one. No, I think you've sort of covered that one pretty well like, in terms of um, targeting Man United. Uh, yeah, so I think uh, for me at the moment, I'm sort of not looking at Man United uh, at all um, in terms of assets. So, um, yeah. Yeah. Next time we got... Um, uh, just to touch on how to follow and filter content from creator's advice. Yeah, My, so oh, I'll say so you go first because then I've got a little bit of a take on this one. My big point is like, I'll speak on what I do. I create content, but I obviously listen to other content makers. And, and the way I look at it is you make your own mind up, but you, I feel like other content's good to bounce your ideas off. So if you're tossing up between two or three players, 
and then you listen to other content makers and they're gone if one player and then next minute the you know the noise is getting bigger for that one player it kind of doesn't convince you to pick that player but I guess it might make you at ease when you go well that's the player I want to get in so if you know these other people who you know are really good at making content at picking this player it makes me feel better about my pick and you know, but at the end of the day, I'm never going to blame someone else for that decision because that's the decision that I've chosen to do. So it's always if you if you want to back yourself, back yourself, but don't be afraid, obviously, to listen to other content because there's a lot of good content makers on um, Twitter that have a lot of good information that can either push you in the right direction or just even bounce an idea off. But, yeah, yeah that's about pretty much where I'm at. As, so why I, I want to get on my soapbox a bit for this here. Uh, basically, look, end of the day, one, this is a free game that we all play for enjoyment. If you get to a stage where you are, and this happened on Twitter this week, where um, someone was essentially attacked, he was DM'd, and there was some pretty unsavoury things said to yeah. them, it's not on. If you're getting to that stage where you are blaming others for your decisions and they're your decisions, you know, every decision we make for FPL, we listen to people for advice, yeah, and everyone has different advice, but there are no experts when it comes to this game. We are all, you know, some people can play this game better than others and they do that consistently and that's great but everyone makes mistakes everyone has their opinion i think that's the reason why we love it so much because of those opinions and twitter can be a remarkably brilliant place but it can be a pretty toxic place at times as well when people sort of when that happens so you know for people that and this isn't just for FPL itself, you know, it's the people that have a punt and then their player doesn't score a goal and they go and, you know, harass them on Instagram or Twitter or whatever the case may be. Yeah. Pull your finger out. Like no one should be abusing people, whether it's FPL players, whether it's actual, you know, players in the field uh, for decisions that ultimately you make. So. For me, it's like I listen to and watch certain content creators because I enjoy it. You know, I will sit down and listen to Let's Talk FPL, you know, Andy, uh, because I love his content. I can sit down. Like, obviously, he is a player that has played, you know, played consistently well over the years. Uh, But, uh, you know, I mean, like he might give advice, but, Ultimately, it's up to me whether I take that advice on or not. You know, like I listen to you now. I have an hour commu- commute or an hour drive to work every day, so I've actually got a lot of time for podcasts. So yeah. you know, I'll, I'll listen to a rotation of three or four podcasts, and but I try and pick and choose podcasts that might be you know slightly different to each other for different sort of opinions as well. Like I love the Mavericks because. Uh, they talk about differentials all the time. They're great, you know. Like, I, I, yeah. if I want a bit more in terms of analysis, I listen to um, who got the assist. Uh, if I want something just to a bit chill out a bit, you know, I'll listen to the Plonker or I'll listen to FML FPL. 
So uh, there's, you know, if I want to listen to bantering between West Ham and Tottenham supporters, I'll put on Planet FPL. So, you know, for me, uh, it's 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 the enjoyment. It's the enjoyment of playing FPL. It's the community. Like this year, I've very much gotten into the Twitter community. Like I've always sort of had a dedicated FPL account, but this year I was very much, you know, it's been the advent of sort of the Aussie FPL sort of taking over. And we've, we've all sort of found each other. Like, uh, uh, you know, I don't know if the listeners actually know this or not, but me and you have never met in, in, in real life. <laughs> like, we've, we've, and again, I don't know whether people have, you know, know that or not, but like, you know, me and you have never met. You know, we, uh, we sort of found each other through Twitter. We had a conversation and you said to me, hey, you know, do you want to come onto the pod? And then, you know, one big wake became two. And, you know, before I knew it, you know, I'm co-hosting with you. But, yeah. You know, I mean, so in terms of that side of the community is amazing. But as I said, end of the day, it's a game. And if it's, it's, if it's affecting your mental health or, you know, you're lashing out at people because of it, you, I think you have to step away from it. Like it's not, it's not healthy. You know, yeah. so give yourself a bit of an uppercut if you're one of these people and just, you know, end of the day, someone didn't make you captain, you know, someone else other than uh, Salah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's it's one of those things. End of the day, you make your own decisions. Like I didn't come here on this pod and go, went, oh, you know, should have captain Salah over Antonio. What was I thinking? No, you know, you make your decisions and you stick to them. Like, I, I uh, obviously West Ham played before Man United. Hey, I was loving life. And Tony yeah. scored a goal, scored seven points, you know, double that 14. Great, amazing, you know. Like, then obviously the Salah happened. I'm like, well, he's not still on my team, so I get the points. But I'm not going to sit there and go, oh, why did I do that for? You know, that's stupid decision. Blah, blah. No, I just, I watch the game. I enjoy the games. If I ever get to that stage, I'm going to, just say, you know what, this is done for me. I can't do this anymore. But, yeah, uh, but yeah so it's just a, I know I've sort of talked about it a little bit, but I think it needs to be said. No, you're pretty bang on, mate. I just, I mean, a lot of people play the game differently and that's great because that's, that's what makes FPL great. There's not just one way to play and just one play that everyone has, you know, the plays everyone has to have. Like, obviously, it's it's smart to have Salah, but if you don't want Salah, man, back yourself like mm. I just don't think um, people read into too much if, um, you know, people give you feedback. Some people kind of take it to heart a bit and, and I guess you just need to know, like, you know, it's just a bit of fun. Yeah, um, exactly right. It's always good to have a bit of banner on Twitter. Like, I love having mm-hmm. banner and, and poking fun and that, but obviously there's that line, you, you don't cross. Mm. And, um, if you do if you do want to bring something up or air something, you, you do it in a in a – in a professional manner, you don't, yeah, you don't stoop to that low level and and start yeah. attacking people. So, no, well, that's look, yeah, let's, let's power through the next couple of questions. And so the next one is obviously Raya. I think we've already touched on that. Um, uh, for me, i I wouldn't trust I wouldn't trust the Brentford defense anyway. Even with Raya, I think if you're going to have an asset, it's going to come from the attacking. Um, from uh, either Mwembo or uh, Tony. But I think you wait until we see Mwembo's injury before you bring anyone in. So uh, how about yourself, mate? Yeah, so best replacement for Raya, I'd probably 
depending if you're wanting to spend any extra money, but I'd maybe go up to Saar. I know it's a bit biased because I've got Saar in my team, but we mm. do have good fixtures over the next six weeks, and he, he is thereabouts in the save points and the bonus points. So, you know, an extra 0.5 up, and you've got yeah. a paper you can just keep him week in, week out, and, and you know, take take the twos, take the threes. Sometimes, like, yeah, I think sometimes this season he got an 11. So, mm. um, I think for me it's probably Ramsdale if you're going to like for like. Uh, yeah. Arsenal still have some pretty good fixtures. So I think if you're replacing him, they're both 4.6. Yeah. No, exactly. uh, next question is, um, is this the season where we see uh, lots of uh, FPL players having a stronger bench considering injuries and illness? Um, is it sort of a turning point for FPL due to COVID and then obviously injuries themselves? For me, uh, I was an advocate of having a stronger bench um, right sort of from the get-go. And I've used the bench more than once this year in terms of um, players either getting dropped a la an Alonso or, um, you know, getting injured or whatever the case may be. So for me, I think we do need to have a little bit of a stronger bench. I think one or one or two deep, I think you can you can afford to have like an absolute bench fodder, uh, th- uh, like the third, uh, well, sorry, the fourth bench option being an absolute bench fodder. But um, I think uh, if you can at least go one or two deep, um, it's uh, it well, it's going to pay off for you. Yeah, no, I, I agree one hundred percent. I think also with the likes of the rotation that's happening a lot this year, it's good to have that uh, full bench playing because you've seen the likes of Foden and Torres or even um, KDB on the weekend got rotated out. You you kind of want to have someone that can come in and play because you don't want to be sitting with zero if a player yeah. got rotated that week. And, and and because of the heavy fixtures, COVID, stuff like that, you know, it's going to happen this year. And I think the best thing you can do is is try find, like, Libramento was on my bench a few weeks this year, and he's a great bench option mm. because he's worth barely anything. And he's likely to get six points or three points or two points, you know. So he's definitely worth having there. And I've had Brownhill as well. Like, probably never, ever will start him this year, but, yeah. If I'm ever, you know, succumb to that rotation, he's, he's there to jump in. So I think you don't need the double keeper because you kind of have a good idea if your keeper's not playing or not. But in regards to the outfield plays, I, I feel this year you'd, you'd need those um, playing bench. Yeah. Um, next up, we got should we be taking hits to get informed players in? Um, I think I touched on this earlier with. Um, you, if you are going to take the hit, you want to make sure the play you're getting in that you're getting the hit for is going to be able to offset that minus four or whatever hit you're taking. So for me, I got Chilwell in on the weekend for a minus four, and it paid off because he got a good point return. But if you're going to get in a player that might score four points, then it's not worth taking the hit. Yeah, I think it's it's team dependent uh, in terms of um, taking a hit, but. I'd almost advocate against it uh, unless uh, it's really hard to tell. It's it's really a team-dependent thing. But um, if you can avoid taking a hit, I'd almost uh, wait a week for that informed player uh, and then get him for for nothing rather than a hit. Yeah. 
No, exactly. Um, last ca- uh, last uh, question we got is, with the permanent captain salary going around, what is the best way to structure a team with differentials to gain ground? Um, I think it's it's left us in a funny spot because you used to be able to gain, I guess, points on people through the captaincy, but if if it does get down that route where everyone's going to be captaining Salah, you you definitely have to try pick those right differentials, um, and and guess my way is you keep the template of Salah, Trent Alexander Arnold, Ken Sello, and either a Chilwell or Reese James or Rudiger, and then I think you then patch in players around that, I think, and try get I guess get the right differential picks, um in that team. But yeah, that's, that's my two cents on it, mate. What about you? Uh, so look, for, for me, I think ultimately if you, I think you stick to the template and then plug in one or two differentials, three at most, I, I wouldn't necessarily do a whole team of differentials because <laughs> more yeah. often than not, it doesn't pay off. Yeah. Um, I think, uh, like, even at this stage, uh, I think I was reading something that Ben Frelin had written. Uh, again, you know, he's, he's one to sort of follow uh, in general because of his great sort of um, advice around the double game weeks and the blank game weeks. But uh, he sort of showed a little graph of himself of what he's been doing every year. And obviously this year he's doing better than he had before. But previously at this stage, he was hovering around about the 500K mark pretty much for the last two or three seasons. And he's finished consistently in the top sort of 20K. Um, And he's more often than not more template-y than anything else. So I think you sort of stick fat with the template, uh, take the odd one or two risks but um, but yeah, I, I think if you if you stick to it, um, ultimately I think you'll get success through that. Yeah, no, I think I was looking at my team today when I saw this question come in, and I think I've got seven like highly owned or popular players, and then the rest are kind of some are like two percent owned, some are five percent owned. So I mean, it can pay off, but yeah, you you kind of don't want to stray too far away from the templates with your likes mm. of Alexander Arnold and Salah and like Ken Sello and at least any of the Chelsea fullback assets because if you do stray away, it can cost you quite heavily. Mm. But yeah, well, that about wraps up the questions. Um, we've got uh, uh, obviously we usually have a guest on the show, so we ask this question, but. We'll ask each other this question, I think. Um, I might ask you first, Damo. Um, pineapple on the pizza, mate, is it a yes or a no for you? Well, I might be a bit controversial here, being Italian, <laughs> but I actually like pineapple on pizza. You know, shoot me now. I, you know, it's the you know, the combination of the sweet and the savoury. It's just something about pineapple on pizza that I actually do not mind at all. You know, for me, you know, uh, throwing a pizza, bit of, a bit of ham or bacon, bit of pineapple and a, and a few prawns, can't get anything better. <laughs> How about you? Well, I used to group the people that like pineapple on pizzas with the scrunches, so you're the first person. <laughs> <laughs> you're the first person that uh, doesn't scrunch and likes pineapple on the pizza, so I'm going to change my opinion. But, yeah, I'm not a fan at all. I 
I think savory, savory, and sweet mm. would stay with sweet. So my partner likes the pineapple, and yeah, no, nah, we don't order a wine pizza in our household, mate. And if she does, we can eat it outside. <laughs> I was gonna say, but then again, you like Vegemite, so like. <laughs> Hey, perfect combination of butter on a hot toast, maybe, is great. I can't do it. I cannot do Vegemite. Like, you know, it's just one of those things. Like, my son actually loves it, loves the stuff, and uh, but, no, nah, I, I just can't. Oh, that's good that he broke, broke away from the mould, mate. <laughs> um, last question. Um, if you had to choose your last meal, what would it be? Yeah, that's, t- that's a tough one. It's probably going to have to be some sort of ribeye steak, you know, all the trimmings, uh, you know, mash, veg, uh, mushroom sauce. I think that's uh, the ultimate sort of uh, meal before, <laughs> if it's especially being the last meal. Um, how about you, mate? Uh, I'm thinking maybe like a, a nicely smoked brisket uh, on tacos, mate. <laughs> nice, man, nice. But, uh, yeah, nothing too fancy, mate. Um, might get into team plans for the week. As I said to you, um, as soon as lockout happened in the morning, I think it was, what, 4.30 Australian time, I uh, transferred in Obama Yang and just did the YOLO and hoped that no one got injured because mm. <laughs> I would have had to take a hit. But I, as I said to you, I really wanted to get him in beforehand, but I just didn't want to take the minus eight. So, I thought I won't talk myself out of it, even though Plonker had told me, mate, <laughs> don't do it. Um, I did it, and I'm just going to live by it. But, yeah, got Obama Yang uh, in this week for Lukaku, mm-hmm. and I'm um, going to probably captain Salah this week. I'd say he's got a pretty decent fixture against Brighton. So what about you, mate? Well, I um, had to get rid of Decore, obviously, being injured. Uh, I ended up uh, doing the early transfer and going um, when um, – I can never say his bloody name. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Just, just, M- I reckon we just call whoever, yeah. whatever, and um, <laughs> M- people M- can read between the M- lines. Embuemo <laughs> M- uh, for Decore. Uh, obviously, Embuemo is now yellow flagged, so that's great. But uh, So never make early transfers, guys. But, but, yeah, so that's sort of what I did. And I sort of did it early because I thought Decore was probably going to uh, lose uh, lose value, but I don't know if they can on, on a red flag now that I think about it, but that was sort of my stuff up at all uh, on, on the flip side and uh, we're my gaining one. So I thought I'll just make the transfers like the like. Uh, yeah. And for, in terms of captaincy, I think you're going to have this uh, Captain Salah this week. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, mate. Uh, <laughs> did you see what I written down next to it? Right, yeah, yeah, exactly right. We won't repeat that one. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I can't give you too much grief on the early transfer because I transferred um, Obama Yang pretty much as soon as the clock ticked uh, 4.30. Yeah. Lockout happened, so. Now that about wraps up our pod this week. Um, head over to the Twitter, FPL Amateurs of Oz, and Damo's content at FPL West Ham. And head over to our Facebook page, EPL Fantasy Amateurs of Oz. Um, you'll find our podcast on Podbean, Spotify, and iTunes. And remember um, to leave a five-star review, even if you don't like the pod, just to boost us up a bit. But apart from that, mate, um, it was nice chatting with you. And uh, everyone else, good luck this week. Mm-hmm.